0: are 39 milahot, which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi mushe Schnirb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Amalaihi, this is Soul to Soul on your radio, Arab Shabbos Pasha's Devoremas begin the final book of the Torah and prepare, of course, for the momentous day of Tishbav, which will take place this, this week. And the Pasha begins. Moshe. These are the words that Moshe spoke. And there's a very, very telling Medrish Rabbah commentary at the beginning of the Pasha. It says, Before Moshe Abaynu received the Torah, he said, Loi I am not a man of words. Once he had received the Torah, however, his tongue was healed and he started to speak. These are the words that Moshe spoke. Torah heals. Words of Torah transform the speaker. The power of speech distinguishes man from his animal counterpart. Hashem gave man life by blowing it to him. Nefesh Chaya, a living soul, which Targumunclus translates as Ruach Memalla, a speaking spirit. When a Jew speaks the right, words of Torah, he gives spiritual expression to an otherwise mundane act of communication. The Sfasemis explains that Tibur, speech, describes speech directed towards a listener, as opposed to Amira. Amira saying, which means merely saying words. My Beinu did not lack vocal capability. He spoke to Hashem. Until he received the Torah, however, he lacked the ability to put Hashem's words into a language that a human audience could appreciate. Torah is the life force that heals. Thus, Moshe Bain was able to convey Hashem's Torah to an audience who would now appreciate it. Perhaps we may supplement this. The Torah teaches us that there is a way to speak and a way not to speak. The words that emerge from our mouths are an expression of the of the living spirit, essentially a Dava Shebe a, Kedushah, a sacred expression. Once the Torah was given to us, our manner of verbal communication was altered from the mundane to the sacred, to Kaddish. Every word that we utter has unique esoteric value. Speech is a defining human quality, a manifestation of the divine breath of life, which resonates within every single man giving him living status. Tera is the engine that drives that that fiducia of, of his words. Thus, we have multiple laws which address our speech, how we speak, what we say. The, the following story actually underscores the long-term negative ramifications which a few misplaced senseless words can have. There was a, a young Koylo fella, fellow Let's let's call him Rabbi Nachim He came to Rav Gamliel Rabinovich With a long list Of troubles That were consuming His life His wife and a few Of his children Were unwell As a result His house was not Functioning This put a strain On whatever income He had He asked the Rav If perhaps His wife's name She was named For an aunt Whose life was filled with misery, might be the reason for their terrible troubles. Should he change his wife's name, Rav Gamliel instructed him to go to Rav Yisrael Yaakov Fisher, who was the rival of Yerushalayim, to seek his advice. They went to see Fisher, who after listening to the man's tale of woe, replied, Your problems stem from the fact that you once hurt someone's feelings. This must be corrected, before you may expect a resolution to your troubles. So, Rabbi Nachim was flawed. He could not remember ever hurting someone's feelings. He just was not that type of person. He was sensitive to the needs and emotions of other people. But if the rabid claimed that he was once a deficient in that area, however, he would correct it. After much searching, he came across one friend, let's call him Baruch, who says, yes, you're the one who... Who insulted me. It came out that this person, Baruch Hala, had a weight problem, and when they read Pashas Masse, which lists all the journeys of the Jewish nation, he was given Ali, and he walked very slowly, and a uh, friend quipped, oh wow, it took the Jews shorter to go 42 trips and it took you to walk the bima. Baruch said, a day hasn't gone by where I haven't felt the pain of that statement. And, and I can say, I'm sorry, but I'm never going to forgive you. Eventually, he went back to Rav Gamaliel, and Gamaliel told him to offer him a large sum of money, which he did accept, and eventually was was, was my home. But since words are an expression of the divine spirit within us, the pain that can emerge from their misuse is very real. How careful you must be with our debut. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb. only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chi FM. This is Soul to Soul. On the radio, Arab Shabbos Kadesh, Par Shas Devorim. Thank you for joining us on the show. We are learning about the Parsha. We are being inspired. We're going to learn about ways that we can improve Ourselves as you prepare for Tishbav coming up this, this coming week. So of course the Pasha begins, Ein Moshe. These are the words that Moshe spoke. Now Rashi explains that "devorim" words is a reference to the words of Techokha, of rebuke that Moshe Benu conveyed to the Jewish people. He did not mince words, nor did he conceal the people's infractions. He did, however, refer to their avarice by allusion, by a hint, in order not to embarrass or offend them. When admonishing someone, it is vital that the rebuker use chokhmah, wisdom, and sechel. Common sense, or he will only succeed in turning off the subject of his reprimand. Rebuke is, or at least it should be, motivated by, by love. Hashem reproof, reproves us as a father rebukes his errant son. The father cares about his son with boundless love. The Malbim writes... That reproach is a sign of love. One who loves wants to see positive change in his son. Woe is to the son whom his father does not ever scold because that is a sign that he has given up on, on him. Rebuke that is meant to inflict pain, it is not rebuke. It is a Hate-filled diatribe. At times, the subject of the rebuke is actually waiting to be insulted so that he can justify his behavior to himself. In such instances, the rebuker is actually playing into, into his hands. What does one do when he notices someone blatantly desecrating a Shabbos Let's say So He can conjecture That the person Does not care Or He can give him The benefit of the doubt And say That the person Probably Does not know The halacha Such an incident Occurred With Harav Nisim Yagen Right As part Of sort of An outreach project He was invited To spend Shabbos in their moshav, in their settlement in the southern part of Heretzal. The purpose was to strengthen Shabbos observance in the moshav. While some observed Shabbos and some blatantly did not, those who observed did whatever they thought was correct. If it was incorrect, oh oh well, it is, it is what it is. That was their sort of attitude. So the Shabbaton began, they participated in a vibrant Kabbalist Shabbos with much singing and even some dancing. As they were about to leave, one of the members of the congregation, while humming one of the more lively Shabbos students, went over to the light switch and closed it. When a young man who had accompanied Rav Yegin saw this egregious act of Shabbos desecration, he was about to lambast the fellow. Rav Yegin stopped him, explaining that the most Shavnic that uh, uh, was probably unaware of even the most minimalistic halachas of Shabbos. Chances are that he does not even know that switching the light off is an act of Chilash Shabbos. He attends shul services, but he is absolutely clueless about Shabbos, what it means and represents, and the halachas associated with it. He did not extinguish the light maliciously. He did it because he did not know better. right? To, 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 to scold him, right, concerning his sinful behavior would be completely and totally counter, counterproductive. Ravi again returned to Yerushalayim that month Shabbos, purchased a time clock, and returned to the Moshav. He sought out the young man and said, my friend, you are too old to worry about closing the lights in Shul every Friday night all you should do is set the timer on this clock and the lights will go on and off as you wish. The man was reasonably impressed that Rav Yagin would return all the way to to the Moshav and come back the same night just to give him a clock. Had Rav Yagin rebuked the fellow chances are that it would have had a negative impact. This way He preserved the man's dignity, which delivered a subtle message concerning concerning Kedusha Sashabas. Rebuke is an awesome undertaking. After all, what elevates the rebuker over the subject of his rebuke? Is he not acting uh, uh, sanctimoniously to reproach a fellow Jew when, in fact, he is not perfect? Apparently, as mentioned earlier, one who rebukes must do so only out of love. Love has no boundaries. One who truly loves, truly cares, even if it results in his being humiliated for his efforts. Thus, while many take it upon themselves to reproach others for what they feel is an infraction on their part... Only a small portion of these are actually successful because only this fraction is acting out of love and care, not just to sage, their own ego or to put someone else down. Harav Chaim Sefer Zatzal was the author of Machane Chaim and who was a Talmud of the Hasan Sefer once traveled by train accompanied by a group of Talmidim, of his students. In their coach, the students noticed a man who appeared to be Jewish, but seemed to be totally alienated from religion. Sadly, this was not an unusual sight to behold in Hungary, as well as in parts of Western Europe. Right? The Haskalah, Jewish Enlightenment Movement had done a job on the religious values and observance of our co-religions. This man had the audacity to pull out a non-kosher sandwich from his bag and proceed to eat. Not to be unexpected, the students were ballistic and were about to yank a sandwich from the man's mouth as a, as a precursor to the abuse that were about to heap upon him. The ma'chan quieted his students and asked, do you know anything about this man? From where he hills? What his background is, etc.? Do you even know the history which led to this point? The road proceeded to approach the man to ask him where he had grown up. The man replied that he was from a certain Hungarian town which was under the leadership of a very free-thinking rabbi who had more than once caused and unfortunately even encouraged members of his community to renege the Torah. He had a, a deletious effect on many members of the community. The Chaim turned to his students and said, When you consider the pathology of this man's descent to his present spiritual nadir, you realize that he is not the sinner, but rather his background forcefully turned him away from religious observance. Prior to offering rebuke, we must take everything into consideration. This is one hundred one point nine High FM. The program is soul to soul. We're going to come back with much more in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on one hundred one point nine High FM. One hundred one point nine High, and this is soul to soul. Back on your radio air of Shabbos Kiddush, Pashas Devarim, as we approach. The Shabbos of what's called Shabbos Chazon, the Shabbos before before Tishbev. So let's talk a little bit about one of the seminal characters in the prediction, in the Nevuah, in in many of the Kinnis that we say on Tishabov, and that is of course Yirmiyoh Hanavi, where Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave him the terrible uh, a function from the very very beginning of his almost creation. To be the one who was going to say prophecy about the korbanas. in fact, it says in the very, very first uh, chapter, right, uh, 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 we, we read it in the Haftarah two weeks ago, it says, Before I even created you, in your mother's womb, I already had a relationship with you, and before you even were born, <clears throat> I, I set you aside, I sanctified you, Navi goyim I made you a prophet for all the nations. Now, based on this pasuk, the Chazal learned out that Yirmiyahu was was set aside and picked, handpicked, for his special job, even all the way back to the six days of creation. Says the says the Medrash. Oh my Yirmiyah! Ya me I said, Rebain Allah Master of the Universe. Ma vain I say, Biyaji. What Avevas did I have? Sham, Shadullah, all the Navim who came before me, to come after me. You never used any of them as the agents to predict and, and prophesize about the, the destruction of the victims. Ellah Yadi, why am I the one who gets this distinct privilege of being the one who's going to prophesize about the Khurban? Even before I created the, the world, you were set aside for this, for this job. And in fact, the, the, the Pasikta the in divra Khazal chazal count yirmiyo amongst the four people that are called in Tanakh yitzurim. In other words, Special, special personalities that our created them specially for a particular uh, job. The other three are Adamarishan, Yaakov, and Yishaya. The Gemara Meseches Brochus on Daf Nuzayim Beis brings that if someone sees Yirmiyahu in a dream, it's it's not a good sign. It's a sign of impending punishment. Right, and he says the like Gemara says Shleish says to the men: There are three prophets. Haroyah sefer Melachim. If you see the book of Melachim, say so Yitzapel legdula. You should hope for greatness. Wait for greatness. Yecheskel. If you see Yecheskel, Yitzapel lechokma. You should anticipate receiving chokma. Yeshaya. If you see another Yeshaya, Yitzapel lemachama. You should wait and expect comfort. Yirmiyah. You have to worry that bad things might be happening to to you. In other words, the function of Yirmiyo came into reality already when he was a child. The Medrash in Iyav, right, says that Yirmiyo was born on tishabav the actual day on which was going to be the, the Khurban. The Medrash Barashas explains... That the very conception of Yim yo itself was connected to serious serious errorss that were done amongst the Jewish nation, as the Apostle says the day on which my mother gave, gave birth to me says that 's referring to the day on which he was conceived, and the medicine says that his father Yoh, was a great great tzaddik, did something that he actually had a relationship with his wife during the day, which normally is is forbidden. Why did he do it? Because Izeva, the evil king, was busy killing all the prophets. So he went and and uh, was together with his wife during the day, and then he fled. In other words, Yirmiyah was born. In a situation, this painful, painful situation of the 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 persecution of all of the neviim and 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 their murder by the by the by the king by the king's family, and and most most likely it doesn't mean that Izebel herself, which was uh, who actually lived many years before Yirmiyahu, but the kings who came after her continued her terrible, terrible uh, uh, ways. And, and, attacked and persecuted the Nevi'im mercilessly. And we need to understand why was Yumiyo chosen to be the Navi of suffering, the Navi of impending doom for the Jewish nation. Rashi in, in Melochim brings a, 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 uh, a footnote from the Ariah Kodesh which says that Shloima Melech had a relationship with the king of, of Sheba and from that child came Nebuchadnezzar didn't know that that Nebuchadnezzar came from Shleimah Melech and does mean that Nebuchadnezzar was Mamish the son of, of Shleimah the time flamed of course doesn't doesn't uh, work out but it was uh, a descendant of, of Shleimah Melech that was explained in the Sefer Haderus that they, uh, they had this uh, daughter, uh, the, the union of Shloimeh and King Sheba, Queen Sheba had a daughter from whom came Nebuchadnezzar, who of course we know destroyed the first, the first Beisamikdash. And this is alluded to in Sefer Dirayam, where the Possek says, Shloimeh gave this queen of Sheba, Eskol Herzah, whatever she wanted asher shola everything she asked for milvad asher hebiya Amelech except from being able to be uh, intimate with the king vatelech she went home he her and her servants and the the last letters of the three words asher shola that which she desired are hei Reish Hey, which means horror. She became pregnant from from uh, from him, and that's referring to the pregnancy that that uh, she had from from uh, from Shlomo. In other words, he did asheri In other words, that even the intimacy, uh, 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 even the physical intimacy with the king, she was actually allowed, and through that. Union of Shlomo and Shiva came the person who did exactly the opposite of Shlomo. Shlomo built the Beisem Mikdash and he, Mukhanetza went and destroyed the basement Mikdash. The Chidah in a Sefer a Midba Akademus brings a, the Medra which he brings from actually a, a, a manuscript. And he says, Hashem says to Yumia, Go An, go to An. Why? She, as long as Yermi is in the city,. The enemies couldn't go in there, and therefore that's why Akkarishproko sent him to the place called Anasais and he went there. And as soon as he left, all the enemies came in and they set fire to the entire city and they burnt the Besamikdash. and when when Yirmio came back to Yerushalayim. and he came was halfway there and he was going up one one mountain close to Jerusalem right was only 3 miles away and he saw the smoke and said so straight away Yumio tore his clothes and he put ashes on his head and he hurried to come and he was crying and walking and crying because through his mind flooded the memories of events that had taken place many years before when Uriah was a young lad and Nebuchadnezzar and Uriah used to walk together and at that time Nebuchadnezzar wasn't a king, he was a a young pauper and Nebuchadnezzar used to say "Oh, if only I would be king on the entire world, I would come to Yerushalayim, I would burn the Beis Hamikdash and the entire city, I would kill everybody, <coughs> and whoever was left, I would take into captivity. And Yerushalayim saw, Baruch HaKodesh, that in fact, what he was predicting for himself would actually take place, and whatever he had uttered in his mouth was actually going to happen. So Yerushalayim, <coughs> Asked Nebuchadnezzar at that time Please at least spare Yerushalayim And Nebuchadnezzar said No way I will not spare Yerushalayim And he said to him At least spare the Base Mikdash He said no I will not spare the of Mikdash Then he said to him At least give me the children Save the children And he said no I will not save the children So he said to him If so What will you give me? So he said to him Whatever you're able to save and take from the city in from, from sort of noontime until evening, that I'll allow you to save. And therefore now Yerm-Yo hurried to come to Yushalayim and he only arrived at, in the evening and he wasn't able to save even one person. And that's why it says, Oiladu, ki panayom. woe is to us, the day is over. Ki the shades, the, the shadows of evening have already have already come. That's, up, 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 up to the, now is the quote of the of the Chido in the name of the Medvish. And the Chido explains, what was the reason that Nebuchadnezzar so much honored Yum Yohan Novi? Because Nebuchadnezzar was, was born from, from, from Melech. And Yemen Yohanavi was, we know, a Gilgal of Shloimeh Melech. And therefore, Nevuchadnezza, even though he wasn't even aware of it, but as, as the Gemara often says, he didn't know, but his Mazel saw. And therefore, he had tremendous, tremendous cover for Yemen And he was prepared to allow him to at least go and save that little bit of what, what he couldn't in half a day. And in fact, the Ben Ish-chai also says this in, in, in Ben Yoyodah, in, in his commentary on the Gemara in Sanhedrin. And he says as follows, Osid in the future, yirmiyo, the son of, of Me and of the Talib He's going to say Nebuah about the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And he asked the question, one second, Yemiah wasn't the only one to predict the, the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Yecheskel Hanavi also uh, 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 prophesized a great deal about the Chuban of, of Yerushalayim and the Beis HaMikdash. And about the fact that the king of Bovel would come and destroy the Beis HaMikdash. So why? Why is it specifically Yermiyo who's known as the prophet of, of uh of doom, of, of of destruction? And he answers, because the Navua of Yermiyo made a tremendous, tremendous impression on the hearts of Kaiso, because as we said Yimmy was a Gilgal, was a, a reincarnation of the Neshama of Shleima Melachal who built the base of Mekdash. And he himself was now saying, uh, was now saying prophecy about its own destruction. And, and therefore, Kai Yisrael was saying, there's no hope that we'll be able to do tshuva. And 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 somehow avoid the khurban. because if even the person who, who built the mezamikhs himself is now prophesizing about its korban, Shmamino, he says we can see from here, that This is the end. There's nothing that we can do there, and all is all is lost. And it seems that this is actually alluded to, where in when it says in the Nabi, Yirmiyoh. Then Chilkiyahu says because Schleima, besides the name Shloema that was given to him by his mother was given a name by Nosan Hanavi by the name also by the name of he was given the name Yedidia the precious one of Hashem and here too Chiltia, right, is also referring to Shloema Melech Right? He's part of Hakodesh Baruchu. And it's known that the, the, uh, when, when a person has to come through a, a Gilgal, he's called Ben to the first. So he's Ben Chilkiah. He's Ben Chelek Hashem. He was the son of Chelek, Chelek Hashem, says, says the Berishchai. So based on this, we understand very, very well why it was that Yumi Yohan Novi was chosen to be the Novi who would predict, who would prophesize, who would be kind of the one that would foretell about the Khurban. Because since he was the, the Gilgal of Shleima Hamela who built the Beisimikdash, and now that unfortunately that Klaesro did so many Averis, right, so, so, uh, you yeah, know, what, what's he would be the one who would who would see the 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 dissolution of all his hopes of all his of all his aspirations of all he had invested into the into the base of mikdash. Yes. Furthermore, we now also can understand what Akhlish Baruchu said to Moshe mm-hmm. Rabbeinu. What Akhlish said, "Novi akim Lahem. says says to Moshe Rabbeinu, "Don't worry." I, I, I will, uh, appoint for them a Navi, a prophet, from amongst their brothers, Come, just like you. And Chazal taught us that the word "come, is also alluding to the Navi Yermioh. Right? And so too, the, the, uh, the, the uh, says that the, the madriga of Yirmiyot in his nevuah was at a very, very, very high, high level. And it was very, very close even to the madriga of Moshe Rabbeinu From And it was a much higher level even than all of the other neviim. And perhaps you can say, based on what's written in the, uh, in the sefer of, of Gulgulim to explain why was it that Shleima Melech, uh, 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 kind of made this union, we know, with the daughter of, of Paro. And, and he says there that Shleima Melech was himself a, 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 bit of a spark of, a Moshe himself. And he is so too, Bisya or Basya, the daughter of, of, uh, of, uh, of Paro. Whatever whatever negative midas there were in her, because obviously from where she came, they were reincarnated in this daughter of Paro that Shlomo Melech married. And what Shlomo wanted to do was to be misak in her, was to perfect whatever evil there was in, in Bisya. And on the contrary, what actually happened instead of Instead of Sama Melech being able to completely fix up and, and bring Bisya to, or his Basparo to perfection, it happened the other way around where the, the women influenced, influenced, uh, him. As in fact, uh, Chazal, Chazal say. And therefore, Shlomo had to come back again as, as Yermayo and, and he was the one that foretold about the destruction of the of Mikdish. So it comes out that Shleim Melech, his Yirmiyo, also was a little bit of a continuity of Amaysha Benu, and therefore he was zayecha to this very, very very high level of 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 madrega of of nevuah, very close to the level of Amaysha Benu, more than any of the other neviim. Furthermore, we can explain Rashi brings in pashas uh, Beshalach, On the Pasuk, the man was put away as as to preserve for all generations. And he brings them in the time of Yirmiyot, when Yirmiyot was busy saying, rebuking Klayisho, says, why aren't you busy yourself learning Torah? And they would answer, what, should we abandon our work and be busy with Torah? How are we going to make a living? So Yermyo brought out for them the jar of man, and he said to them He says look, look, look at that, look at this generation. This generation had nothing. It says Ador Atem Ro Sidwarashem, si, listen. It doesn't say uh, uh Shimu here, it says Eluru, right? And he showed them, look. We live with Nisan, we live in miracles. Look at the man. Hashem takes care of Parnasa. You have to do what you have to do. You have to learn Torah. Right? This is how your fathers were, were sustained. And I could have spoken, I could have spoken many, many messengers, many, many ways of providing Panasa for for, 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 a, for a person. And if the Jews had wanted... And they could have received Panasa in the same miraculous way, but they weren't willing to listen to Yir Mio. So This is a little bit of an insight into what Yir Mio was, what his life was, and why he was chosen to be the one that would foretell the Hurban. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a minute with our Hilchos Shabbos segment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb only on 101.9 High FM one point nine. and this is soul to soul, on your radio, Shabbos, Pashas, Shabbos, Chazayin, as we lead up to Tishbab this coming week. Tishbab, of course, will be on Wednesday night and on Thursday. Uh, but as we always do, let's just talk through some of the important times we need for this coming Shabbos. So the earliest time for lighting candles this afternoon, is at 4.29, 4.29 is the earliest time, you can bring in Shabbos, and boy, we'd, we'd love to bring in Shabbos, it's just been such a busy week, Hashem, so much going on, but it'd be nice to, sort of turn everything off, and kind of disconnect, and light those candles, and usher in, the Kedusha Shabbos, into one's home, as early as one possibly can, 4.29 is the earliest if you can't make that, the latest time for benching lich this afternoon is at five eighteen, eighteen minutes past five is the latest, and again that is your deadline. By that time, everything should be ready, everything should be in place. You you should be dressed. You should be food already. Whether load shedding, no load shedding. We've got to get it all together. And there's the Shem. It should be a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. Yes. For those who have been missing their their meat for the last two days, because obviously in nine days we're not eating meat. Shabbos, you can have as much meat as you have and as you want. In fact, you can finish it because obviously you can't eat leftovers during the week. So enjoy enjoy the flesh. Enjoy the company. Enjoy some good zemeers. Enjoy some nice and make it a very very special Shabbos because that's that's in fact what it what it uh, is. Uh, the Uh t- tonight is is at five thirty six. Five thirty six. That is absolutely latest for emergency situations. Make sure you're all done and all Shabbos by then, five thirty six. If therefore you want to. Make sure you're davening uh, myrav at at night and not have to say Krishma again. All you have to do is wait until 5:54, and you can daven then myrav properly and say Krishma And then you have a beautiful, beautiful long night. It's be nice to be home in the in a warm house. It's gonna be a little bit chilly tonight, I believe. So nice to be at home with some good, good hot chicken soup. And, and to really enjoy the, the beautiful, the beautiful Shabbos. Tomorrow, of course, is, uh, beginning of the final Sefer of the Torah, Parshas Devorim, which is Moshe Rabbeinu beginning his, uh, monologue that extends over the last month plus of, of his life, and he recounts many of the unfortunate incidents that took place uh, for Klai Israel during the time uh of the 40 years in the in the uh, in the desert uh, because it is Shabbos Chazon, the last of the three special uh, uh, shabasas where we read Haftaris of of uh, prophecies of Hu's, uh discontentment with our with our behavior of course this week we read the very first uh, chapter of the book of Yeshaya, which begin with the words Chazoin Yeshayo Ben Amait, which of course gives this Shabbos its name, Shabbos Shabbos Chazoin, the, the minhagim of whether that Haftarah is read in the trap of Echo or certain parts of it. Every one place follows its uh, its own its own minig, um, and yes, yeah, so that's that's the, uh, the that's the haftayra. Uh Of course, we do say Avrahamim uh the peric for this Shabbos is Perik Bass. Uh, we, we we will say Peric Base. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at ten minutes past six. Six ten is the end of Shabbos next week. Slowly, slowly, slowly it's getting a little bit longer the day. And then of course we carry on. With the nine days, uh, Motis Shabbos, obviously there's no meat either. Different customs exist about making Havdalah. Some will give the wine to a child uh, between a certain age, sort of like let's say seven to ten or something. Some will uh, drink the wine themselves. Some use uh, beer or something like that instead of wine. Everyone should follow their their custom or. They don't have a custom. Ask their rov what, in fact, uh, they should they should do. And of course, uh, we then have a few more days: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Of course, is erev, erev tishvav, erev tishvav. We know that we have a a meal, we have a a supper, kind of sort of uh, in the afternoon, uh, and then and then daven daven mincha, and then of course come back and have. What's called the Suda of Samosekis, of wash and have a bagel and, and, and some, and, and some egg or whatever it is and sit, sit on the floor. It's a tragic meal, uh, before, before dish above Uh, we're allowed to eat until about 5.38, uh, uh, on Wednesday afternoon. And the fast, as of course the full 20, 25 and a half hour, uh, fast, the fast, uh, carries on and ends on uh, on Thursday at 6.03 uh, p.m. 6.03 p.m. That dinner really one can eat. And because it is Thursday night, although the restrictions of the nine days, can, such as music and meat and wine, all continue until Noon on Friday. However, there is a special dispensation on washing clothes. One is allowed to uh, uh, wash uh, one's clothes in honor of of, uh, of Shabbos. Although, of course, uh, one can fill up a machine you want to wash your Shabbos shirt, but uh, you're not going to run an empty machine. So you can fill it up with whatever it is that you that you uh, that you have. Uh, personal hygiene is still uh, restricted. Unless you, that is going to be your last bath before Shabbos, if that's going to be your Shabbos bath, then you can have a proper bath even on Thursday night. But if you're going to have a bath on Friday, then Thursday night is still uh, nine days of wash rules of of, uh, of of washing. We are just getting to the very very end of the laws of of Bishal and. Um, We've been doing it for quite quite a few a few weeks. We spoke last week about an electric uh, geyser and how you can and mostly can't use it on 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 Shabbos. But what about a solar a solar geyser? So the prohibition to cook from the Torah is only heat that is generated by fire or. Heat generated by something that was heated by fire. Right? If you take a a, a piece of metal and make it red hot uh, in the flame, and then you want to cook on that, that is called Toldadesh. That's called something that was heated by fire. That's forbidden. Right? Something that was heat, uh, heated by the fire, but uh, something heated by the sun, you're allowed to cook. Therefore. Theoretically, you'd be allowed to take an egg and put it in a place where the sun is very, very strong, up to the point where you get a fried, whatever, a fried egg, and you can have that on Shabbos. There's no problem with all that like that. And things that are uh, uh, heated by the sun, which is called right? It comes from it's by the heat of the of the sun. So Chazal uh, uh, made a decree that you're not allowed to cook with something that was a, a byproduct of something heated by by the sun, because they were Chazal were worried that if we're going to allow you to cook, let's say uh, on, a, on a on a on a pan and the pan was in the sun, the pan became very, very hot, and now you want to fry your egg in that pan, so I can fry my egg directly in the sun, that's no problem, but to fry my egg in a pan, that was heated by the sun, that chazal forbade, the reason being, because if we allow you to cook in a pan, heated by the by the sun, so people would make a mistake, and they would think that you can also cook in a pan heated by a fire. After, let's say, you took it off the fire. And that's awesome. Right? And, and they'll, they'll violate the, and it's a tire, a tire prohibition of cooking, of cooking on Shabbos. Because you're not allowed to cook with, with the fire itself or something heated by, by the fire. Therefore it comes out. That only using the heat of the sun itself are you allowed to cook, but uh, the heat of something heated by the sun that is also to to cook on uh, uh, from, from the, from the Rabon So, if so, the question of a solar giza is depends on our our definition. Is the water? that that the hot water that's in the solar geyser, is it being heated from the sun or from something that was heated by by the sun? is the question, and we'll attempt to give a little bit of an answer after the break. This is 101.9. The program is Soul to Soul. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. One one point nine on We are talking about a a uh, solar geyser and whether or not you're allowed to use that on Shabbos. So some place can hold that you're not allowed to use water that comes from a solar geezer because the water that's heated there is being heated by sort of the panels that are there and and the pipes, the black pipes, which those are told by the Ham, those are things heated by the sun, which we said is forbidden. And therefore, any time of opening, you're gonna open the tap and take water from your solar giza, that's gonna cause that the new water that comes in there is going to get is gonna get cooked. And that's the opinion of, uh, of, of Weiss and Osnibru. Another reason that it should be also is because since every single solar geyser has also a possibility of heating it with electricity, so we have to worry that if we're going to be lenient and allow you to use the water heated in the, by the sun, you might come to be lenient also and use the water that was heated by <clears throat> electricity. And uh, therefore, it's better not to use, according to them, not to use a a, a solar geyser at all on, on Shabbos. Some say that you're allowed to use the water that comes from a, a solar geyser because this is considered heating by the sun itself and uh, the panels whatever all they do is help to sort of uh centralize the rays of the sun and and uh, and uh, they actually heat the water and therefore there's no problem <clears throat> that the fact when you open the the tap uh Hot water is going to go out, and cold water is going to going to come in because you're allowed to cook that water because <coughs> it's. They say it's being cooked by the rays of the sun uh uh, uh directly, and that's. uh Frank holds that way, and uh Ravaldenberg and sits, and sits Eliezer all, and and Ravadja also and Yabia Omer holds holds uh, that that way. Practically speaking since we're talking about machlekes in a question of the Rabbonon, right? and as we know, suffered Rabbonon l'kula can be lenient in Rabbonon, therefore a person can be lenient and use on Shabbos water, hot water from a solar giza, and if someone wants to be machmir, so as they say, he should be benched, but you should not be certainly machmir in terms of washing children, babies. That certainly you should, uh, uh, uh you should, uh, be able to, to do that. There's an additional factor also nowadays of different types of, of solar geezers that are made quick, uh, that are sort of Used basically in in big buildings, where there the hot water that's sort of in, in the panels uh, uh, are 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 stored. In a network of, of, of pipes and that goes all the way down to the, to the geyser and the cold water that's in the, in the geyser are, 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 is heated from the contact with those pipes, the hot pipes that are in the, in the, in the dudes. So therefore it comes out that the cold water is being uh, 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 heated by the pipes which is definitely told the lechama and that certainly you would not be allowed to use on Shabbos that's all the time we have this week I just wish all of you first of all a very very beautiful warm uh, inspired Shabbos, and an easy week, and um, a life in tainous, and an easy fast, but meaningful fast. And Be'z Hashem, with the help of our God, we'll be together again next Friday on the other side of Tishbab, and we'll talk then about G'ula, about redemption that we hope and daven for. To each and every one of our radio listeners, thank you for being part of our show, and to all of you, a good Gebenz to Shabbos.